Hi everyone, welcome to um, Better Homes and Dungeons. Um, tonight we're getting all frisky down under because it's another Australian I'm talking to. Who's grabbing his tea. There we go. Um, now, this I think is actually going to be a really, really interesting um, discussion and I think it's it's going to be quite an interesting one. Um, my friend, who are you? What, what do you do? My name's Ben Armstrong. Um, well, I work in IT. I manage a, uh, a team at Hitachi, Vantara. In my day job, in my night job, I'm a director of uh, uh, Indigitech, which is a not-for-profit charity that's aimed at, um, you know, promoting uh, in, you know opportunities uh, for Indigenous people in STEM, um, and driving self-determination and financial security for us uh, for Mob. Um, getting organisations on board with recognising the the opportunity and skills for Indigenous people, and I'm a big D and D fan, so you know that's 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 why part of the reason why I'm here. Well, excellent. I, I reckon you'll be in pretty decent company. Now, um, Ben, w would I be allowed to ask about your Indigenous heritage? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Do you want me to give yes, you? Yes, please, please, please. I'd, I'd, yeah, yeah, sure. Very I'm much. a Thank you. Wiradjuri man. Um, so my my mum. Um, and my nan um, grew up in Lithgow, um, and I've spent a lot of time. I was born in Awabakal land up in Newcastle, and I spent a lot of time in different different countries around Australia, and um, also overseas, and lived in Papua New Guinea for a bit. Um, but it's um, yeah, I mean it's it's a big it's a big uh, big mob, biggest mob, Wiradjuri mob. So that's what we say. Um, and on my dad's side, the name Armstrong, he's got the Scottish Scottish background there. So, um, yeah, that's that's where it sort of comes from there. I now feel kind of terrible what I said about the Scottish just before we started recording. Oh, no, recording. that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Well, Scottish and Blackfellas together, that's that's guaranteed to get some get some language out. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I, I think that's cool. Um, well, no, my, my grandmother was from Glasgow. Um, Apparently, her dad was an Irishman living in Glasgow, and part of his job was to interpret, was to like kind of be a bit of a go-between slash interpreter for the Scottish and the English. And okay. So he he clearly had a bit of the gift of the gab there. <laughs> Interesting job, great granddad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked out alright for him. Um, now you you are currently playing D and D. What, where are you currently playing? What what uh, campaign are you running? I mean, you've told me, but you know, for everyone listening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we're start, we're running the Ghosts of Salt Marsh, which I guess is less of a campaign and more of a slightly connected, small adventures. I guess a little bit yawning portal style. They kind of say, but there is kind of an overarching um, theme there. Um, been DMing that since August, two thousand. Yeah, August two thousand nineteen. Um, and almost every week we've been playing Missed Only a Couple. Um, but, you know, been working in a lot of different things in there as well. So um, the group just finished actually playing uh, through the Infernal Machine for Extra Life, which took a huge amount of time to complete. <laughs> um, but it was really, really great because, um, you know, it, it really pushed that group to try different things because it's, it's quite brutal. It, it's... It's 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 no it's not messing around that one. So is, I do not know that one. Is that similar to the um, there was one they had for Penny Arcade, like some kind of packs or something? It was like Minds of Madness. Ah uh, no, I think this is. I mean, I think the one before this was the Lost Laboratory of Qualish. 
And then this kind of spinning off of that a little bit. Oh, okay. But basically, um, you just go back to... You go back in time, effectively, hmm. to the Temple of Moloch and the Tomb of Annihilation as they were being built. Oh. And it is... And all the characters are there, but they're not in their you know peak power yet. So you've got Mogadam, and you can put in a Cesarac if you want. And you've got, you know... It's it's just crazy. Some of the stuff in there is just unbelievable. I'm just wondering, like, if you killed them, would you get that like that Metal Gear Solid, you know, Snake Eater time paradox thing? Yeah, yeah. So we have to do like the whole Avengers. You know, are we if we take a time stone here and yeah. if we go forward and come back and you know, I mean, the biggest problem I had was I said that the party that this door's made of mithril, so they sat there for thirty minutes, figured out exactly how much mithril and could they take it into the future and make a huge cash off it. And, uh, you know, there's, it's it's like, you can't go back and forward, team. This is not how this works. And they're like, are you sure? I think that's how it works. The dungeon master says no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's really good fun. So we mix it in, a, uh, you know, a few different things in there just to keep it um, interesting because it's not a um, a super tight campaign and it, and it kind of gets to a point and then there's a few levels after where it, goes off into different side areas and things like that very cool i i haven't played ghost of salt marsh i've heard good things one of my buddies is um dan who um for people listening is in our margrave thing um they have said that it is really very very cool and like the reading i've done on it suggests also that it's 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 pretty gosh darn it's, yeah, it's pretty good yeah. fun it's pretty it's pretty fun it's pretty fun and i think we just kind of went there for the pirates really in the start you know, get a bit of that sea, sea, sea style going on, and um, but it's become a lot more than that, which it, is really, Australians really great. Australians in piracy, so you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're very good at it, people. Um, now I, I want to get kind of straight to the questions. Um, now I sure. know you because you were referred to me um, by someone else on Twitter. Um, I'm unsure if they want to be mentioned because I respect their privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I know this person is because at the time I was working on a thing called Wisdom Under Fire, um, which is a charity thing that was put together by FN Dungeon Mom, uh, Mom, sorry, she's American. Um, and, you know, we're, we're all contributing things like, you know, some, you know, I made some monsters and I wrote up a scenario and I did some magic items, um, all based on Australian personalities because, you know, that's... yeah. There was one based on Paul Keating, and it like gives you the ability for vicious mockery. And of course, the the spell slow, so you can do them slowly. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. People listening, there's That's an Australian awesome. reference there, and you should go look that up. But yeah, um, and what I thought was it would be interesting to do a a subclass Pact of the Wargle. Um, which is a variation of the Rainbow Serpent story. Now, the reason I went for that one is because that's the one that this person recommended. Um, and, you know, there was a bit of... I He said, okay, well, look, you know, type something up and show me what you want, but look, here are a couple of restrictions. Like, it can't be a monster. It can't be something you fight. You can't cast spells on it. And I thought, okay, cool. Well, you know, that's going to be fine. It's, it's, it's a patron. It's no problems. Mm-hmm. So, you know, wrote something up. They had a read. They said, look, you know what, on second thought, this is probably not really okay. And you know what, 
you are being a decent person. You're, you're, you're asking questions. You're learning. You're, you're doing some reading. Good for you, mate. But I'm going to say don't do this because someone's going to use it badly. And I thought, you know what? Fair enough. I'm not of your culture. And I have no right to, you know, do that kind of thing. Um, but it was a very, very cool conversation because it made me think, okay, this is kind of that area where cultural appropriation and institutional racism actually makes everyone's life worse mm. in very differing degrees. Like, I do not claim my life is made anywhere near as worse as other people's. I'm mm. putting that up there now. Um, so that's kind of how, you know, this happened, this discussion. Um, and that leads perfectly to the first question from Blake Ryan Batman. Um, how do Indigenous folks feel about the use of Aboriginal things in TTRPGs? For example, you know, mm. Bunyip's Dreamtime, Walkabout. Um, ben, how do you feel? I would, I would be very cautious about it. Um, I think that, jeez, ah, I mean, there's actually a few, there's actually a few posts about this in regards to, um, you know, um, Native Americans as well. And you see straight away where people are like, so I want to create this Native American barbarian. It's like, ah, see now, see now you're falling into the savage barbarian trope of a, of uh, indigenous peoples and people actually pointed that out um, to them online and they were very respectful about it which was really great um, but I think that's one of the things is that it's going to be very hard to be authentic um, and there's that a really as as you mentioned before there's a chance that it can be um, used in the wrong way there's also a chance that it can be offensive or mm. it could cause trauma um, and that's what we have to be you know careful about um, What's important is that um, the stories of Indigenous people are actually quite referenced and used as cultural elements are used in a lot of stories, right? Sci-fi and fantasy as well. I mean, colonialism and 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 um, you know, and slavery. They use a lot, um, but what might seem the past for indigenous people is actually still the present. It's not just the past, but it is still the present. So, you know, I was thinking about this, this question and I was like, you know, if you had a character that you wanted to introduce in that way or use those type of things like the monsters and, and they, they do sound really cool, right? There's still a huge amount of mythology around, um, in, you know, indigenous cultures. Um, but, you have to be very, very careful. I mean, I, th I was thinking about this and like, you know, even if you had, it might seem simple, but you know, you might put in a story for your for that character or any character that's related to um, having to find a kidnapped child. Okay. And it's going to, you know, if you would even bring that up in a group of indigenous, you know, uh, TTPRG, it's, it's going to cause some trauma. Mm. There's going to be some element there. And I think that's the main thing to be to be careful of, is that without knowing that, you could fall into some some real mistakes and fall into some, some really bad tropes as well. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not a really good idea, because I think that the representation is would be great. Um, I think that um, it would be fantastic to see, but it's just got to be done the right way. As we say, Blackfellas could be done good ways, right? Um, and that means... Um, 
you know, doing your doing your proper research, like you mentioned that in in your story that to, you know you lead in there, doing the research, having the conversations, and just being honest and open to the to the fact that it may not be good, you know, it may yeah. not be a goer. Yeah, I mean, one of the monsters Blake um, didn't mention. Um, I am apologizing now for my pronunciation, which will be bad. Um, I'm going to describe it, and if you know it and can pronounce it correctly, that would be beautiful. <laughs> there is actually an Australian vampire creature. Sorry, an indigenous Australian vampire. Um, I'm going to use the word monster because that's like... It's an imperfect word. Okay, okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think it's called the Yiramla. I actually don't even know. Okay. But yeah, I, I mean, it's I, very, it's very possible, it I think, we, we have been... so many, I mean, you know, we got, I know, the one that always comes Sorry. to mind for me is the Yorkie Orcs, and that's the, the mermaid-type creatures that live in the rivers up in, up in the Northern Territory, and those, those stories predate any other type of mermaid story mm -hmm. out there, so you have to think to yourself, you know, there's a, there's a, there is a rich history of, of, of deity, and almost like, almost deity, I should say, and um, mythologic, mythological creatures, the connection to land, the connection to spirits, the connection to, to all different types of things. And, you know, in a way, I look at things and go, I feel like that's been culturally lifted, right? That's an element that's been culturally lifted from Indigenous people. I mean, the first thing, even even my, you know, uh, the, the, my D&T table was like, you know, as soon as the, you know, the uh, Unearthed Arcana for the wildfire druid came out, they were like, oh, that's totally a blackfellow. And I was like, see, it definitely reads that way. But, you know, this whole land management and fires regenerate the earth and all of that. That's they, you know, they did bring it out exactly at a time when Australia was on fire. So on yeah, fire. I, I can exactly. see the connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they don't directly refer to it, and I think that's that's the that's the that's the you know lifting the elements and um, without actually getting the representation maybe right. Um, and of course, you know, it's tied to a class. It's not tied to a people per se. But you know, there could be a way for you know places like wizards and other other ttrpg companies to to think about that yeah um the, i just found the creature's name it is the and again my i i'm not trying to do this badly on purpose i'm just i'm just not very bright <laughs> um the yara ma yahoo um, oh yeah yeah and yeah it's, it's kind of like it, it it kind of eats them drains some blood, regurgitates them, and they're shorter than before. Like, so it's... Mm. There's some there's some cool stuff there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you you also just said about the... It was the Yorkie Yorks? Yeah, Yorkie Yorks, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. And, and they're like a, uh, like a mermaid creature that lives in rivers, which, given the age of Australian Indigenous people's culture being, like, you know, continuous for 60,000 odd years, yeah, yep. mate, you, you, well, you well and truly beat the Iliad to that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, really cool. And, and, you know, there's some really great opportunity there for, for this to, to grow as a, you know, I, I what was it, there was a, I think there was a Filipino indigenous TTPRG, TTRPG setting on a Kickstarter, like last year or the year before or something. Yeah. And someone mentioned it to me. And I've, I forget the name, but yeah, um, 
and I thought to myself, that's a cool idea. You could do that. That could be done here and here. here. That could be mm. done here. Um, you know, doing doing it good ways and doing it the right way by by indigenous people, right? So, um, you know, there's there was I thought that's a, that's an interesting opportunity because there's a lot of rich history. I I think someone should do that. I I would put money and I would I, I would I would love to see that. I would really yeah, got, love to got, see a, that. got to be a black follower though. At least you know, make sure it's yeah, done yeah, look, right. I, so. I, I would have no. I, I would want to contribute money wise, um, yeah. and say, look, do you, if you need That's like a, a free editor on a small scale, my hand is up, <laughs> people. I'm I'm happy to do that, and happy Absolutely. to talk to anyone about it because it'd be it'd be awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Like there's there's some there's some rich cultural stuff. Like I mean, kind of segueing slightly, something you said, like you know, look, there's. One interesting cultural thing that you'll also find across, like, you know, pretty well all of humanity is we all have some kind of dragon or large, scaly creature. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, that in Australian Indigenous um, case is the Rainbow Serpent, which everyone, please go read a few of the variations of that. Of that. that is a really interesting story. Absolutely. And, and that's got, you know, um, similarities to, of course, you know, Chinese and Japanese dragons, but also uh, Quetzalcoatl in... Um, Mesoamerica. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm apologizing for my pronunciation. Because <laughs> I can tell it's bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd love to see that. I mean, I mean, also the Dreamtime itself has amazing stories. Mm. Like, I don't Absolutely. know if I'd want to see that as a D and, like a 5th edition D&D setting because 5th edition D&D is, I think sometimes way too combat based yeah I'd, I'd maybe want to see it in like some other system that isn't so conflicty and i'm, and I'm trying mm. to think of one and i'm sure someone out there is yelling at their mp3 their phone right now across the podcast absolutely whatever system that is <laughs> so yeah yeah no look and there's you know again there's a real great opportunity but this is it's pretty common um, there's, you know, I was reading just the other day, just coincidentally, to be honest, um, a great article by um, Abaki Beck on this website, um, Bitch Media, but it was about sci-fi, um, and I, I read it, and I, coincidentally, when when we spoke, I was like, hey, that article I read is really kind of relevant because when I was reading it, I thought to myself, well, sci-fi and fantasy settings, it doesn't matter, it's all very similar. About the, it was really just about that lack of representation but there is obviously huge amounts of um corresponding references to things like the colonial and the post-colonial and Mm. and you know slavery and all kinds of things in there which are again as i mentioned they're not they're not um you know always the past they're definitely you know still happening so um all over the world so to indigenous peoples so you know it's really interesting um and having that put on the forefront could be it actually could be a big opportunity for for one of these you know big organizations too to go hey we've got the we've got the the system that could really make this shine and and go and you know hire a a number of people to help another indigenous people to help build that yeah i i get the feeling that monty cook games with um Mm. invisible with the invisible with their invisible sun system that might work better because that seems more like a, a buddy of mine is running that and he's shown me the notes from his sessions and, you know, like a bit of post-mortem work and asked, you know, Josh, what do you think? And I, and I answered him very politely 
and accurately and told him, um, Jordan, my friend, I have no idea what any of this means, but it sounds like you have, like, this is the most amazing and surreal universe I've ever heard of. I would love to play this game if you lived in Sydney rather than Minnesota. We would play this game, but... You selfish jerk, you live over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't blame you, mate. You know. Can't blame you for that. Yeah, no. yeah, I can't. Um, but yeah, I mean, that might be a much better system because that system seems to be more based on the ability to, you know, talk, interact, and, and, and develop characters and story. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I like 5th edition D&D. You've been playing it for some time. I assume you're pretty okay with it too. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I th- you know, it's it is a bit combat heavy, but uh, you know, you try to get the people to to step up with their characters, or at least try and build that in as a DM. Try to build those narratives in to get them to think, you know, to start those conversations. But it doesn't really go down that path too much, does it? It's almost like the simplified. I think it raid finder of WoW. I I, w- I would say, look, it's <laughs> it absolutely does come down to the to the dungeon master, and I will one of my you know I do not like dungeon crawls that go on too long Mm. I think after you've done six rooms that should be it Mm. okay Um, you know and recently in our Margrave recording um, and this is going to be posted well in advance but you know there's no plot spoilers here um, one of the characters you know his character is an Erina which is like a, a hedgehog person. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, dude, whatever you want to throw out there is canon. That's on you, mate. And he's like, okay, you know, at full moon, they have like massive parties. Um, and we've even made fun of how hedgehogs procreate and said that's part of it. Um, and if you know anything about that, you're having a large chuckle now. It involves screaming, climbing, like and urinating. I'm going to have to YouTube it now. Yeah, it's going to be stuck there. Not when anyone's in the room. Trust me. <laughs> um, but one of our sessions recently was them having a moonlight party involving, you know, dancing, poetry, and hallucinogenics. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Fifth Ed is, I think, way too combat heavy. Um, but I get bored after, like, the eighth fight in a row. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways, um, moving on to the next question. Um, now, this is a really uh, interesting question, I think. And this is from Bill from Escape the Podcast, who's been on here. And he's another Australian. So, you know, cool. we really brought out the people down under for this one. Um, now, Bill, well, this could be Danny, but um, often white audiences only look at... Uh, only look at indigenous voices to tell the story of their experiences with colonialism or the specifics of their pre-colonial history. Do you think there are viable avenues for indigenous creators to express joy, speculative fiction, fantasy, etc.? Now, you, we, you kind of got onto this a little bit, but I, mm. I would love this to be opened up. Yeah. You know, I think there really is an opportunity. There is, there is going to be a challenge, and that is that we still experience... Um, so much trauma and pain that it's hard to not talk about that at the same time. But you can still have the other, all the elements there. And I, 
thinking about this question, I thought Clever Man on that Ryan Griffin wrote and directed was kind of the best example that I can think of here off the top of my head. And Clever Man was a TV show on ABC. I think it was on ABC. Excuse it me, was. SBS. It was, it was, it was ABC. ABC. It was ABC. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there was, this, there was this... ABC is Australian Broadcasting Corporation. You didn't come up with it. Thank you. <laughs> and there's a great story, right? Um, they, he weaves a spiritual narrative, um, he, almost a magical narrative. There's a technology narrative in there. There's, there's good, there's bad, there's family, there's, there's you know... Um, living in the city versus living in the mission basically versus living in the country mm. um, there were so many aspects in there that you could actually help um, you know and there was joy there was obviously a lot of um, I guess you know sadness in there as well mm. but there was joy as well um, it also and, um, opened that can of worms of like you know do you um uh, what, what what price integration, I guess. Yeah, you that's know, right. Do, do Absolutely. You, do, you, do you do what you have to do on the outside to acclimatize and integrate and to show, hey, I am like you. I My values are your values, mate, in yeah. order to get ahead. You know, because like the, there's a give and take there. And, and this is yeah, not willing a, to spoil it, it for a, people. It was such a yeah. well done... Um, show and story and I have never read the comics afterwards but yeah there's so many great elements in there um, that are talking about that right there it is kind of in a way um, fantasy and speculative fiction as well I mean there's an element of the technology and the magical and the spiritual in there which is really great um, but I think that we can go further I mean there's a lot of talk um, right now about making sure that you know um, black writers and 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 you know, indigenous writers are up front um, and foremost in telling stories. And actually, you I know who'd be great to get on board for a fifth ed thing? Bridgie. Oh my goodness! He'd be so good. <laughs> he would be good. He'd be the best. You know, Ryan Griffin plays D and D, right? Ryan Griffin plays D and D. Every he, he's got a, he's got a table. Ryan Griffith. I don't know. Ryan Griffin, the director of... Oh, Man. you just mentioned... Oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I watched one D&D. or two episodes of Clever Man. We sh- you know what? We should get him. We should get him. He's... he's, he's uh, he, I'm, he, I'm sure oh, he loves it. I've seen him do a little bit of critical role tweeting as well. I know he's... I know he's... I know he's there watching those... <laughs> watching those live shows. That's, that's dope, though. Um, And I've... And I mean, I... I I'm pretty sure Ryan played at PAX one year and stuff like that on on one of the one of the stage tables and stuff or something like that. But you know, he's a uh, he's a black I mean, to be honest, I reckon I know at least twenty black who play D and D or have played ATTTRPG and or and or want to. There's so many. It's really again storytelling, right? We 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 love storytelling, um, original storytellers. But you know, back to the question. Another example of what I thought was. Um, you know this this um, centering and, and really putting forward Aboriginal ast- uh, uh, astronomy. Okay, so we've got Aboriginal sciences, we've got astronomy, we've got you know all of the science and the innovation that we have as a culture. And I thought about this, and I was like, what's the difference between that and the way that Wakanda gets presented now as the technologically advanced society, right? And it's it's looking at you know indigenous peoples and having all of these things 
um, in their culture, I was like, why can't we have Galactic Empire of Waradjuri, right? Let's get that going. Let's see that story or comic. But, you know, it's it just needs to be normalized. It needs mm. to be... It needs to be... It, well, yeah, normalized. It needs to be treated as that's just known and, 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 and relished and put at the front and then we can make those stories happen. Again, I'd, I'd read that book. And Absolutely. I, it was, it's kind of funny, like the day after I contacted you, um, there's, there's a fellow I follow on Twitter and he pointed out that uh, Lucas Bishop from the X-Men is Australian yeah. Indigenous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that because every, like, okay, my first interaction with Bishop was that old X-Men animated series. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Best. All right. Okay, we're on it. We've, we've uh, yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. That's in your head for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. But, it's my favorite. And this isn't to, you know, put down on anyone, but, like, guys, could, could y'all have maybe got, you know, someone from here to do that voice? Yeah, yeah. How good would that have been? Yeah, so Bishop Bishop is in you know a black he's a, I'll say black follower black follower first indigenous you know from from this land we call Australia, so black follower um, obviously his sister shards the same you got Gateway although that's about as stereotypical a trope as you'll find, you know sitting there in his lap lap with his bull roarer, um, we got Manifold which is kind of getting better, okay kind of getting better. Well, there's also um, um, Tasmanian Tiger. There's thylacine. Yeah, right? sorry, th- so, yeah, sorry, I went for yeah. the... Yeah, and so Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor, mad respect to Tom Taylor because he is, he is, um, done the right thing there. So he spoke to Ryan Griffin, he spoke to, to, to Shari and got a lot of information um, from them and, and made sure that character was authentic. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's what I love to see, right? So Tom's got his position... And he knows that he's got some influence there, and he's like, "I'm gonna let's let's make an improvement, right? Let's do this," uh, and that's great. That's what I want to see. I'm super keen to read that suicide book, to, Suicide Squad book. That would be pretty good. Cool. No, my, my brain, I couldn't remember her like proper superhero name, but like I, I sorry, I couldn't remember the scientific name for the Tasmanian tiger. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's what my brain went to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, it's 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 good. I mean, and and they are there, but they're the one. You know, I mean, thylacine's the only one that's had a real, um, you know, input into the creation um, of the character. The others are, yeah, like yeah. gateways are literally as stereotypical as you can get. I I did read the comic with ah oh man. I okay a few years ago, my wife got me one of those Marvel Unlimited subscriptions. Yeah, and so. In the space of two years, I read through somewhere in the vicinity of 2,400-ish comics because that's it, that's it. I read very quickly. <laughs> and I was at big work at lunch. I'm just like, click, click, click. But I mean, the, the other thing about that is um, working in a company that's two-thirds women, you really get very, very conscious of the fact that it's like, guys, um, artists, have any of you been oh. with a woman? Oh, jeez. Maybe, maybe go do some classes, mate. Because yeah. that's not how that works. Yeah, they, those don't no, look, stand like that, yeah, the, mate. <laughs> the um, art in the comics is yeah. crazy. Like sometimes it's just ridiculous the way they go on. But yeah, um, you know. But no, I, I, and I read the thing with Gateway, and I was like, 
Y'all haven't been down here, have you? You didn't speak to anyone about that. Yeah. Or if you it's did... It's funny, though. When I was a kid and I saw Gateway, I was, like, super excited. Mm. And it wasn't until I got older that you start to realize, ah, oh, this is some bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, this is not really right. But when I was a kid, I was, like, just super excited when I found out Bishop was a black follower. When I saw Gateway, I was like, this is, the, you know, as a kid... Mm. In in you know the the you know the early nineties and mid nineties, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I'm never you know it's so obvious. You know, a oh, Wolverine's in the outback with Jubilee, and there's Gateway. Oh, that's a black one, yes. But it's not till you get older that you realise, ah, oh, that's not really the right way to do it, right? That's that's not that's not done with authenticity. That's done based off of um, what I what I like to call this, you know, the perception and not the local knowledge. Right, you need to get that local knowledge. That's what you got to get. It, it it kind of struck me as like someone who had watched um, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, mate. Yeah, totally. Totally. Right. <laughs> I mean, look. But I mean, that's you, you that's what Australia worse. sells. You could have you could have you could have so done like you could have watched Hercules Returns and then done Australia and it, look, admittedly, that would actually been pretty close to us. Hey, fun. man, you know Australia sells it. That's what they sell as the image here and. It's the black fellas and the lap laps running around the desert, and you know that's 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 what we talk when we talk about you know this needs to be you know we need to you know put that indigenous culture and really it, it needs to be embraced you know they draw the comparisons to New Zealand right we there's a lot of comparisons that get drawn in New Zealand with the embracing of culture and they had their own issues but you know it's got to be embraced it's got to be normalized it's got to be put forward and 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 and. Australia has for a very, very long time sold that Crocodile Dundee image, right? And, you know, I guess we can't wholly put the blame on Americans for gobbling it up and running with it, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean... You know. I, I don't think we can completely blame them, or nor the way that, you know, the, the idea of pop-culturalising something can be very, very attractive to people. Because, I mean, you, you've said, look, when I saw Gateway and, you know, Lucas Bishop as a kid, I was excited. And it's like, part of me wants to say, that's a great first step. And it is. But. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to say I feel your pain because I have no idea of it. <laughs> but I, I'd love to see it done well. That'd be awesome. Yeah, totally. And Absolutely. Yeah, someone get Senator Briggs and, you know, Ryan Griffith involved. Write a book. Oh wait! Oh, um, sorry. There is a Call of Cthulhu book called Terra Australis. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I, I I'm putting my hands up now. For people who can't see, I do not know about this book. I I know M T Black. Um, I think he said it looked good, or it was Merrick Black, maybe that said it's really good, or at least very good know. looking. Yeah, I can see it here. It's in the land down under, and yeah. Okay, all right. Take a look at it. Yeah, well, cool. I've sold a What's this, like, uh, second edition from Chaosium Inc.? Okay. Hmm. Might be... Look, I... I don't know. Yeah, all good. I mean, we just have to, you know, see how these things are. But again, another thing, you know, it really comes about... Um, that representation also helps from having people in the industry and and giving them the opportunity, right? So... Um, you know, when I was hosting in, in Indigenous X Twitter account, uh, I tried to keep things a bit nerdy because there was a lot of COVID conversations going on. I didn't want to go too de deep into the... I was trying to bring in some uh, levity to the week. But, um, you know, I spoke about that 
you know, uh, First Nations writers in fantasy settings. Mm. And I had the legendary Ed Greenwood respond to me, which I thought was phenomenal. That's a name. Um, and he gave me like three names. Now, he did three names off the top of his head. The reality is, it's not many, right? Um, that's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Bad props to, to Ed for even knowing the names of three First Nations writers off the top of his head. Um, but, you know, it, it, these representations and these things will can, can only, will get better, but it's going to take having those writers in those spaces too, mm. right? Otherwise, we have to rely on ad, ad, advisory roles. Uh, we let, let us advise you on how to be culturally correct. Yeah. Um, which is like, it's, you know, that's, that's a, another avenue and it's a step. But having those writers and being, and having them, giving them the opportunity to, to, to write these things and be in that space and um, will, will help immensely. But, you know, it was, it was, I was like, wow, he knows three. And I literally came out of that, I think, with like four people's names. And I was like, at the end of it, I was like, that, that day's tweeting, I was like, that's pretty bad. Like, I mean, great for me. I'm like four people I didn't know, four, four or five. But I was like, overall, it's, it's quite, quite low. So, you know, that's another way to help address it. Yeah. Well, I remember um, a, a short time ago, um, you know, there was that uh, thing in Australia. Um, most people probably don't care, but, you know. Um, oh, sorry, not don't care. Wouldn't have heard about it. Uh, what's his name? He did Please Like Me. Um and he came out and said, Thomas. yeah, and, and yeah, thank you. Um, and he kind of got outed as having had a very, very crappy attitude. And hopefully he has a better one now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of what he said was about, oh, you know, look, if we could find someone that was experienced and someone pointed out to him, hey, dude, you just made a show with all your friends who had no experience. Like, A, hypocritical. B, have you considered giving people experience? Yeah. Um, and you know, Senator. Well, know, Briggs jumped. Briggs jumped in on that. I know. Yeah, you yeah. would have seen him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was trying. But to... He was saying, like, my first, my first acting was clever, man. My first writing was disenchantment. Yeah. My first, you know, this and 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 he's he's you know, or maybe not clever, man. Was like ABC Indigenous, ABC Comedy, or whatever. But with ABC Indigenous, and all it takes is opportunity. I mean, that's that's the saying, right? Talent is equally distributed. Opportunity is not. Yeah. That's, yeah, thank you. That's, that's, what it, that's actually that's the one thing of I was looking for because I, I love yeah. what he said. Him and Matt O'Kine got into it. Uh, whatever, yeah, Matt got into it, yeah. And Ryan Griffin was in there too. But, you know, it's 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 true because, you know, um, we see that. I mean, we see that in, in corporate space. I mean, as, you know, I dovetail this back into my job as, as a hiring manager. You know, you talk to recruiters and say, hey, you know, look, we work in STEM. We work in, you know, tech and engineering and... All these resumes I've got are dudes. Hmm. Have we got any diverse resumes? Actually, do we have any women? You know, can we get a little bit of gender parity here? Oh, I didn't get any. Okay, did you go looking? No, I didn't go looking. Can you go look, please? <laughs> uh, it's going to be hard. I don't care. Yeah. That's your job. Well, like, like I said, but, I mean, you know, the, the company I work in is two-thirds women. Yeah, I mean, it's going to differ from. It's know, it's space also to space. fairly like as far as I know, a lot of the management, like even the upper management positions, are women as well. Mm. And personally, I think great. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. Like, in yeah. the team I work in, I think I'm the only, you know, straight white dude. Cool. And it's like, A, That's I cool. now know how I mean. minorities feel slightly some of the time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's only one of me. I'm the only one here. Um, only very slight. And it's... <laughs> I, it's nothing like it. Okay, that was an attempt at humor and it was terrible, but... It's all good, it's all good. I got you, I got you. Yeah, I... I but look, you know, it's the same, right? And, and, and I don't want to dovetail into, into tech talk, but... Oh, why not? You know, we see that same lack of effort and it really is going to take effort. It is going to be hard uh, to, to change these things, um, but only things that are worth changing are hard. So, you know, we have to put in that effort. I mean... You know, uh, we're looking at it from an indigenous lens, but, you know, indigenous people are putting in hard work every day, usually just to basically survive or get by. Mm. Um, you know, what's really ge- what's really going to be, you know, a game changer is those opportunities, but also people stepping up to put in the hard effort as well to help. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what we need, you know. That's well, what we will the... see the big change. Oh, what's his name? Um Josh, you loved his book too. Uh, Dark Emu? Bruce, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't remember his... Pasco, last... Pasco. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember... Like, okay, if you have not read Dark Emu, go read it. It's beautiful, and it's brilliant, and it is amazing. But it's now because we're starting to reclaim these things. And I realize this is not TTRPG talk, but who cares? It's it's good, and it, it needs to be said. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. It's the kind of thing that, you know, honestly, I'd love to see people go and pick up because I, I think when, and, and now to segue it back to TTRPGs, the more interesting stuff you find out about and the more empathy you develop to other people's situations and the more talking to people you have, the more connecting with people you do, chances are you're going to run a better table, mate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, that's what we see, you know, we got, you know, I mean, you, you got a lot often you'll find diverse characters on those tables. Hmm. And how do you how do you at your table, how do you talk about that diversity? How do you weave them into your story, the narrative or or the situations? How do those players play them out? You know? Um and that's that's the uh it's almost a skill, right? It's almost learning a skill. It's like I used to say, people used to say to me, you know, why, why do you want to become a manager? And I was like, well, I've been managing a WoW guild for so long and that's harder than managing a team at work because those people are there for their recreation. You muck that up, they're not going to hang around. Yeah. At work, people will hang around for a paycheck sometimes. But, you know, um, again, you, 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 you're dealing with the you know diverse people. If you know them or don't know them, sometimes you may not know some of them that well. Um, and they're characters. And... You know, the way they interact, the way your characters interact with them. Do your characters have diversity in the way that they respond? All of this is really kind of helpful, I think, in, in a way. Um, you know, and it's really great to see. I mean, we talked about um, this a little bit, before, you know, uh, earlier in the week with, um, you know, changing those, those, those tropes for places like wizards and stuff is really important because, you know, at my table, we got a, we got a guy as a goblin. He's not an evil goblin. He's now a goblin knight. He's now a, a a goblin knight, unbeknownst to him, um, you know, uh, or to the others, I should say, in the um, service of, you know, potentially a god of lawful goodness, you know. Um, he started off as an urchin on the docks of Saltmarsh. But, 
Um, he was cool. adamant about getting away from this um, goblins are evil, right? Yeah. And and he's not that. Um, and then it was like naturally progressed that the paladin in the party took him on as a squire. And then there's all these different dynamics of what he's a goblin and people don't like goblins and they're kind of, you know, they're showing animosity to him and how do you, how is he going to win them over and, mm. and all these fantastic things and well, he now I mean, has a pit fight in international waters. But, you know, it's it's interesting. Yeah. It's really, really good to well, see. The, the, there was a talk, um, uh, Tabletop Babble had, um, mm. yeah, I, I was listening to their episode today when I was, you know, taking a sickie. And, you know, having a bushwalk because that's just what... Mental my... health, man. Gotta look after it. Yes, absolutely. Look, it's not a sickie if, if, if your mental health batteries need recharging. That's being absolutely. responsible. Um, and I was listening to it and he was actually talking about the fact that, you know, look, you might put in that, you know, half-orcs have, you know, all these benefits to physical combat and therefore everyone are going to play... Half orc barbarians, half orc fighters. That's right. No one's going to play a half orc wizard. Well, why not? Yeah. Well, wait a sec, mate. What have you just done? And it's why I actually support um, rules that have been written by people like James Hake or uh, Gabe Does Games. I'm sorry, yep. I don't know his actual name. I only know the Twitter handle, where they've actually put wonderful arguments saying tie the bonuses to class, not to race. Yeah, yeah. You know, just give humans yeah, the like one an that, extra the one that Gabe, The one that Gabe did is really, really cool, actually. And again, it's it's simple in its in its way. It looks like Wizards is going to do something simple at the end, similar at the end of the year, um, as well, yeah. based on some tweet I saw about them saying that they were going to change that up. Um, again, in line with their diversity message they've been bringing out lately. But you know, it was really, really cool because exactly that. Like, why does it always have to be, oh, man, plus two strength, plus one con, come on. You know, but this is like, well, what what do you want to be? You know, and based off that, we're going to, you know, do you want to be this or be this? And, you get, you know, there's a few extra, extra, few extra little choices in there as well. It's not just, oh, you want to be a sorcerer, therefore we'll give you, um, you know, a couple, a couple of charisma. It's like, well, what type of sorcerer are you? Are you yeah. this or are you that? I, I, I was I like, like, this is idea. really dope. This is cool. Yeah. I... I also remember, oh gosh, who was it? Was it James Intracastle or James Haight? One of them, or someone was writing about the fact that, you know, why only have half elves that are like half human, half elf? I want a half, I want, I want an Efling. Yeah, <laughs> I want that. Totally, totally. I, I want a um, a a, a, a half born drag. Uh, sorry, a halfling dragonborn. Yeah, I want that too. You know what? I say just make it. I, eh? I mean, that's the thing I love the most. If you, if you want it, just make it. Like, I know it might be a bit of effort, and some people can't, you know, can't get to that. But, um, I'm you gonna... know, the first character I'm going to play off the bat as soon as I can be a PC, a, a PC again is um, is like a, a variant of the Beast Hide, um, Shifter, Beast Hide Shifter. But instead of being the standard Shifter Beast Hides, this one's a Wombat. So he's going to be like this, like tunnel fighter wombat mm. digging the ground type of crazy you know and I was like there's nothing here for that it's okay I'll just make it I, it's fine I, like, I would have thought you know any wombat based creature would have a, an inherent bonus to wisdom it, he does he does wisdom of wombats man I'm with you on that <laughs> he's got high wisdom for someone that doesn't need that wisdom that much but yeah. um, would, would he, no, he potentially does, but... have like bonus attacks or like you know some kind of bonus to his attack if he attacked with his bum 
oh man, I was like, I need to get some claw weapons. That's what I need. No, because that's how you know? wombat. Okay, for people who don't know, that's how wombats defend their um, yeah. lairs against foxes. <laughs> they crush their skulls with their bum. <laughs> there are so many cool elements to characters that you can come up with. Um, and it, you just got to maybe just tweak a few things. A kangaroo based monk. A monk. But a kangaroo-based race that is a monk. That thing would <laughs> kick ass. Because gay men, encumbrance is not an issue. You just, you know, yeah, just extra... Got a pocket, right make, make, that a, make that a dimensional pocket. You're good. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing, right? And so, you know, if you want to... I love that. You just look at it and just go, I want a, a, an E-fling or whatever. Yeah, no, we'll make one, you know. I'm sure it's... Just make a few tweaks here and there and, and it'll be super fun at the table. Excellent. Now, I'm... Um... Uh, ben, Ben, we've got time for one more question, and it is the... Uh, sorry, Bill, you don't get two questions. Um, it is a question I ask everyone um, okay. who, who agrees to talk to me. Um, what do you do to take care of yourself? Like, what, what's your self-care routine? Oh, damn. Um, oh, that's a good question now Asking with the real COVID, questions. right? Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's changed a lot. Um. First of all, D and D is a massive. It is a big part of of, of me playing D and D is a big part of my self care. Um, I feel really rejuvenated um, after our D and D sessions. Um, working in tech, working in STEM, working as a as a you know a manager of a of a geographically dispersed team. Um, in my day job, with a couple of little kids, it, it can it can get really really um, technical. Everything can become very you know. We've got this, 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 and the brain starts to work in a, in a specific way, right? It becomes very logical. It becomes very routine, I guess, procedural. Um, and what I love about D&D is that I can take a step back and become extremely creative. Um, and, you know, I love that. When I was a kid, I used to draw a lot. I used to paint a lot. I still paint minis whenever I can. Um, and But being able to do that, it, it makes my brain, it changes my brain. It changes the way I feel. So I love that. Other than that, um, to work out, just working out at home, um, you know, did quit, quit going to a gym um, before the, the birth of our second child because I was like, ah, I'm never going to get to this gym anymore. <laughs> and um, just hit up, you know, a whole bunch of stuff at home. So, um, you know, I, I enjoy doing that. Just to just to free the mind a little bit as well. Used to like going for walks and things too, and going out and about. Um, but you know that's a little bit tougher now with COVID. I mean, going for walks is not too bad. But yes. um, yeah, and as as someone who you know, as I previously said, I, I took a sickie today, and mm-hmm. there's a walking trail along the Cook River near where I live. Yeah, and you know what? It was a good two hours. Nice, nice. Very good to have. It's, it's beautiful to go for a walk. Um, I've still been keeping my walks to a minimum. There's a lot of people where I live that go for the bushwalks in our area. I live just down near the Georges River. So that's why, I, you know, you got, I saw your river tweet today. I was like, oh, damn, there's another river in my house. No, it's not. But um, same thing, like down along the rivers, but there's so many people. And I'm like, those tracks are like one way one person file tracks hmm. and I see like 20 people go down I'm like there's no there's no so there's no distancing down there folks yeah. you're gonna be you know up in the scrub if you want to well, distance um, away from people down at La Perouse there's a couple of really good walking tracks 
mm. where you can be easily 20 meters away from everyone else. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. So I'd, I'd recommend that to people. That's, really that's, that's what you need. Yeah, the ones around me, it's too too small. Good good normally, but heaps of people out walking about, walking around now. Mm-hmm. I think that's mostly it. I mean, you know, again, with the little kids, you know, there's lots of opportunity to play and read books and things with them. So um, I think just in general, just just really trying to get those breaks. But I have said this, I said this before when I hosted Indigenous Sex, I said, you know, one of the things I love about my, my D&D time is that, is that change of pace for my brain, which... I, I wake up the next day just going, I feel great. I feel fantastic after that session. Like, mm. even if it went till, you know, one in the morning sometimes, I'll be like, that is, that was a huge amount of fun. And I just feel, you know, almost like reset, you know, it's mm. like, I'm good. Let's go. I know what you mean. I, yeah. yeah, I've had sessions like that and it's beautiful. It is a really good feel. Yeah. Okay, um, so Ben, um, thank you, thank you very, very, very much for your time for for joining me. Um, yeah. Where can where can people find you online? And you know, if you if you had to say thirty seconds or something to say anything you wanted to about this area that I maybe haven't asked about or we haven't covered, what would what would that be? Uh, we can find me online um, in the twitters. Um, best probably best to check your tweet for this because it's at Barmy Army, which is my nickname. Um, which is, you know, spelled a bit funny, but yeah, check that out. Come, come over and follow. There's a lot. There's going to be a lot of black stuff in there, but that's cool if you want to, you know, check out my tweets for that, um, and a lot of nerdy stuff in there too. Um, look, I think the main thing, thirty seconds, um, or, or as long as means an, <laughs> an expert on this in this area, right? Um, I'm just one person who, you know, just happens to talk about it a lot online. Um, but you know, we have some great people out there who are really. Um, you know, leaders in the field of games, whether it be computer games or board games or TTBRGs, whatever it is, right, and, 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 and tech. And I think that, you know, give those people a follow. Um, check them out. You know, people like um, Ray Johnson, Phoebe Watson, um, you know, Ryan Griffin, um, even Senator Briggs, right? I mean, you know, give them a follow. And, and if there's opportunities that come up and, um, you know, think about them and put them, you know, have a chat to them and talk to them because they probably know a lot more than me. Although I may be selling myself short, but you came across pretty good. Um, I, I would recommend people follow Senator Briggs because I look forward to the day when he actually becomes Senator Briggs. That'll be the yeah, best. me too. <laughs> um, excellent. Well, Ben, um, thank you very much for your time. Um, oh, sorry, my, myself. I can always be found at Nerdy People D and D. Um, please check out our other games. Uh, one being Curse of Strad, where he's a railway baron and not a sex criminal, and we took out all the problematic stuff and hopefully didn't put any more in hopefully um and yeah please check out our margrave run which yeah you know drugs naked parties and hallucinogens <laughs> can't go wrong um and please go listen to all of the better homes and dungeons episodes we've had some really really no i'm not gonna say we've had some really cool people all the people on there have been really cool and i've been very very fortunate to talk with them um ben again thank you for your time yeah thank you man appreciate it it's a really great opportunity cheers cheers